I'ma give it about a minute till I'm... Welcome back to the Freestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Ting. And today, I'm so excited to introduce this amazing individual to you you guys. Uh, Her name is Grace, and she's the founder of Design Buddies, which is a community of over 30,000 members centered around design and content creation. And she herself is a content uh, creator and artist. And she's also a designer at EA. I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. So to start things off right now, all of your titles revolve around work within the creative space, but you graduated with a degree in bioengineering and a minor in computer science, which are not at all normally associated with each other. Art and science, math and creativity are not usually together, but now you work as a designer for EA, you founded and run Design Buddies, which is a community built around art, design, content creation. So take me back to when this start, this transition from engineering to design started happening and how you made it happen. Yeah, for sure. I guess growing up, I've always loved art. I never liked school. I did not like math. I... <laughs> I like just didn't vibe with academics because it, as a kid, I love drawing. I love video games. I love just like writing stories and drawing manga, like writing my own characters and like writing my own narrative and stuff. And in school, I would never really like vibe with what I was learning in class. So in order for my parents to get me to study in school, they would bribe me with video games. And that's how I got really into video games, particularly Maple Story. That was like my favorite one. Made a lot of friends through that. It was it was an amazing time. And then in high school, I got really into drawing anime. Um, and I also took this class called AP Biology. I loved it. The reason why I loved it is at the same time I was running cross country and track, and I was learning some like cellular reactions. I was like, oh, I can relate this to running because I can like. And it got me really interested in like knowing how to biohack myself to run faster because running was also a huge passion of mine. And that's why I studied bioengineering in college because I was like, okay, I like biology, but I also like applying it. So I was like bioengineering and trying to make myself like math. Like I still hate math, but I made myself like, like it, forced myself to like bioengineer, like it and study it. And after like kind of two years of studying that, like when I went to college, I was like this kid who wanted to do a lot of things in life. And I was really, really interested in a lot of different things. I loved biology. So my first day of freshman year, I was like, I want to get an MD, PhD, uh, want a research ortho- orthopedic or neurosurgeon, got to get all those titles, mm. highly influenced by my peers, um, parents. <laughs> yeah, I was like, doctor, engineer, uh, I'll do both of them. It's always like doctor, engineer, lawyer. So I was like, you know, I'll do both doctor, engineer. So that's why. Um, and then I also wanted to be like an Olympic runner. I loved running long distances, loved drawing, want to be a manga artist. Um, and I was always like, I always grow up with the stereotype that like STEM always pays more money and has, holds like more prestige amongst like family members and stuff. So I was like, okay, gotta like flex, right? Um, and then after like doing two years of that, uh, doing some internships, doing some research, I was like, I don't like any of this. Like, I honestly just do it to my resume. Like, I hate this so much. Like, after name that, I was like, oh, huge relief. And then during my junior year of college, which was around 2018, 
there's this virtual reality lab at my school and I was like oh this is cool like VR is awesome and like really dope and stuff and I started just like hanging out there watching some YouTube videos and learning how to like make my own VR game and so that's what I did for my junior year I just I realized that like for a long time in college I had this limiting mindset that I had to follow what I majored in um, but then I realized oh there's the internet I can just like, do whatever I want doesn't I don't care what I'm majoring in it doesn't have to define me and so I started like um, learning how to 3D model, making games, learning how to code, picked up my computer science and engineering minor. Um, and I thought I wanted to go to game development. And I was still a little bit influenced by like STEM and just like Bay Area vibes, born and raised in the Bay Area. So everything's all about computer science around here. And I was like, I really love design, but I was like, you know, I'll try game development, I guess. So and software engineering. So did a few internships in game dev realized I didn't really like coding, to be honest. Um, I just like didn't like it because it, it was like not as creative that I felt like it would be because I had to um, solve, like try really hard to solve a problem. I couldn't really exactly see the outcome, how I was exactly benefiting people, like how I was making impact. So that was how I decided to pivot out of that as well. And during that time, I was graduating from undergrad. So this was 2019 that I was kind of like in that software engineer, game dev kind of path. And I was like, I don't know what I don't do. I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I was like, uh, I didn't feel ready to adult yet. So I just signed up for more school and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I like sucked at the GRE. Like I just can't standardize tests. It's just like, doesn't make sense to me. And so I just stayed at the same school um, as Santa Kennedy Clara University because it did not require GRE. So I was like, I don't know. I kind of was interested in like STEM, computer science. So I just did grad school in computer science and engineering. Um, so I'm actually still a grad student uh, three years later. It's because I'm part-time now, but I thought gotcha. I want to be, yeah, I thought I wanted to go in like software engineering, game dev. And then along the way, on my first quarter, I actually almost dropped out because I wasn't, I wasn't like really vibing with it. And then I found UX design online. I was like, oh, this sounds like a very happy medium between like, um, game design but also software so got really into it did a lot of hackathons did a lot of like volunteer work built on my portfolio working on railroad projects and then COVID happened and I was like oh yeah um oh <laughs> <laughs> that was my reaction too when COVID happened I was like oh yeah that's exactly what I said yeah 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 <laughs> uh, and then you know, instead of like being sad, I decided to like make a random, like I want to like go into design and I feel like I couldn't find any jobs. So I um, started Design Buddies because I tried joining other design communities online, but it felt really scary. And I just made my own community because I just want like a wholesome place to learn design. Um, and then I also like DM'd a cold reactor, reach out to a bunch of people on LinkedIn. And um, that's how I got my internship at Electronic Arts. And then after interning for summer and fall, and I started full-time December, 2020. Um, and so, so far I've been doing design buddies, working at EA um, and also drawing, building my own brand uh, and making some newly launched NFTs soon. And nice, yeah, <laughs> just like running, training for marathons and just like vibing and yeah it's like that's kind of how I pivoted from like all these different fields that's really amazing though and like before we talk a little bit more about everything that you just said we have like I have to recognize the fact that during COVID it's so important that when situations like that happen 
that we take advantage of what we can in those times. And for you, you actually took what you've always wanted to do and made something uh, and started to grow it from when COVID started, which is amazing. Um, so you've pretty much been doing art since you were really, really, really young. And are you still through design buddies? Are you still working on those goals that you had, like those big art dreams that you had when you were a kid? Yeah, like I basically uh, did a lot of branding work and design for design buddies. Most of the designs actually I've done for design buddies, a lot of the illustration graphics, a lot of the branding, a lot of the graphic design. We also have like a graphic design and product design team. Um, but I built like a lot of the foundational elements. I also do art on my own. I've been really into like 3D modeling, um, rendering and everything as well and drawing and just continue doing that because my day job is mostly UX product design. Um, on like products for EA, most mostly like marketing and events, but I also like to just do whatever I want on my own because it's just fun and helps me like relax. And it's always like really great for me to have something that to do just creative without any requirements. I just like vibe and do whatever I want. And yeah, just it's like a sandbox time. Yeah, you're like a true content, like true creator at heart then. So as a creator, as an artist and in your as a, with a background in engineering, None of those are usually associated with speaking, with leading, with, you know, being managed, managing. And you've now grown Design Buddies as a community to over 30,000 individuals and you're managing multiple teams, you're speaking at events. Were you always someone who was comfortable with being in the spotlight, taking leadership position? Um, and then also for design buddies how did you take that from start to now over 30,000 members yeah I actually as a kid I was really shy like I was scared of people because I was always afraid they were judging me and then I realized I don't care <laughs> and I, <laughs> and, I love it I, like, I love that <laughs> I feel like the biggest barrier to me when it comes to public speaking is like realizing that everyone's like looking for some fault of me but then I realized like so what and that helped me feel like really comfortable and just like pushing things to the boundary so I was not but I realized that in life that you, I never I can never get what I want if I always stay quiet and so to get what I want to chase after my goals I have to like work towards it and one of the thing is to speak up be loud be out there but also having that mindset to kind of set the foundation of just like not like not caring about what people think of me. And I feel like that's so important because I used to care a lot. I used to be such a people pleaser and then I would like get burnt out, get all these different things. And I feel like throughout, especially like 2022, like I just been like setting boundaries and just like living my own life however I want and whatever people think of me it's like yeah it's on them like I just do one of my best do cool stuff and if they don't lie with it it's okay um and yeah and just like living with that mindset like yeah as long as I'm creating value somehow with some people there's always going to be some people who like don't like me for whatever reason it could be I don't know jealous or just like I banned them or whatever for <laughs> being bad um yeah like literally that or like my mom's fandoms like after me and it's yeah I get like pretty horrible messages but I just realized I'm like yeah it's their problem it's like I'm not harming anyone so it's just that mindset just like not caring what others think and living loudly and also being self-aware of like 
what my strengths and weaknesses and limits are and being able to kind of pivot my life or make decisions based on like what I think will benefit me, mm-hmm. help me be confident and speaking and stuff. And for speaking engagements, I just get reached out to like by a ton of people. And I feel like I used to be really nervous, but after doing a ton of them, it helped me become really comfortable with just like talking with anyone on the internet. And so now I'm just like, I just like, yo, what's up, people? And in the beginning, I was like, hello, I am Grace. I am, and I was like, yeah, hello. <laughs> so it's just like me just like vibing. Um, and then for design buddies, I honestly like didn't have, I didn't know how it would scale up to that way. I just tried to kind of just like listening to what people want and then kind of just like making stuff up along the way and so that's how we started doing the events workshop mentorships design challenges and just I would like test out a lot of things and seeing like what time of the event to like event topics to like event titles and like what one has the most engagement and pivoting from there and then scaling out my team like management did not come easy for me at all like I used to feel like delegating was so hard because I, I didn't know these people that well in the beginning and I didn't know like what they, I didn't know like how much trust to put in them. I didn't know what they were capable of, um, but they're just really nice. And so I slowly, slowly tried to like delegate more, um, just give them like little tests kind of, and just see like how they do about it and just like try to get them feedback, try to give them like opportunities to grow as well. Um, and now we have over 40 people on our team and our t- we have like different teams. We have a community team, events team, content team, product design team, graphic design team, merch team, public relations, content team. So, and uh, I'm not leading all the teams other way. I have like other leads that delegate to other, other, other places. So it's all about like trial and error and having one-on-ones with people to really understand, getting feedback and iterating from there. So it's all about testing things out and learning, failing and going from there. Yeah, that was a lot. You like everything, all the answers that you just gave are so amazing. I hope everybody goes back and listens to that section again, but we're going to break that. I'm going to attempt to ask the questions to break down each of those answers a little bit more because those are some amazing points that you just made. And to go back to your first point on putting yourself out there without the fear of being judged. I think the ability to do that in today's society is so important to be able to move forward in life and to chase and achieve big goals and dreams. Because when you do something that's out of the ordinary, that's not quote unquote normal, that's when you are pretty much putting yourself out there to be judged by even more people. And so I think the practice and the ability to be able to do that is super important. And I think it would be really helpful if we could hear your insight on how you went from being someone who was someone who was shy and afraid to put yourself out there to now not caring about what other people think and confident, confidently putting out your personal life uh, and really whatever you want. Yeah, like I was just say, I just want to say, like when I was beginning to put myself on the internet, I was so sensitive because as human beings, it's normal to focus on like the one person who gives you like negative comments and like forget about the 99% of people who are nice. And so I just focused on like, what, like how I'm creating value for like the majority. And like, there will always be people who just like don't vibe with it. And as long as I know I'm like not harming anyone, it's like not something I can control. So I just kind of stopped caring about it because I don't know, there's a limited amount of things I can care about, I guess. And 
I just feel like I just don't owe anyone anything either and just like live life um, and give value and just make cool stuff and go from there. But it didn't come easy. It came with a few burnouts, actually. I could talk and about a little, like I went through like two major burnouts in 2021. Number one was in April, 2021, when I was literally taking on every single speaking engagement on. So I was doing almost like 15 to 20 a month um, of like, not counting all the design buddies events I hosted, but just on. And I would just get super burnt out because I would become super drained after some of them. Sometimes I would like sign up to be a speaker and then only like 10 people would show up. And I was just like, you're like, ugh. And yeah, and and I started just like, I like enjoy like podcasts a lot more because it's like a conversation, but the ones I would get burnt out is like intro to UX, like my presentation on that probably did like 50 times. Um, and so recognizing that, like what gives me energy, what doesn't give me energy, like I love panels, like I love just like fireside chats, but just like, just like vibing instead of like lecturing. And yeah, and after like I burnt out because I was like, kind of like trying to say yes, trying to like please everyone. Um, but while my, my energy was like slowly going down, 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 one day I was just like, no more. So I didn't check social media for like a week and I felt better. Um, and then I started like saying no to some people. At uh, first time saying no to speaking opportunities. And people like literally like gaslit me for like saying no, be like, how dare you like not wanting to help middle schoolers, stuff like that. And that made me feel sad at the moment. Cause I was like, wow, this person's like gaslighting me because I want to protect mental health. And the mistake I made was I said no because I was feeling burnt out. But I realized that they could take my reason and use it to attack, like kind of gaslight me because I explained why I didn't want to say no. And so that experience taught me that I could say no, but I don't also I don't also owe anybody an explanation. Um, and that helped me like gain a lot of confidence in how I like approach people and how I approach like opportunities. Um, the next time I burned town 2021 was around like November, December. This was when it wasn't me doing speaking engagements, but it was design buddies. We were hosting like 17 events a month. Um, it was crazy. People kept reaching out to us. I was like, sure, sure, sure. I mean, like it was like not, not a lot draining for me each one because all I had to do is pop up a Zoom, introduce. Um, but it was like really um, hard because I had to handle most of the logistics stuff because they would like reach out to me. And so I started just like delegating more, creating systems and giving opportunities to like other people to do it. And now these, and also with design base, I had so many requests coming to me. Um, and so now I'm just like, if people want to do something, like for example, like host a Lunar Junior party, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah, do you want to lead it? Um, <laughs> just like, just like let them do it. Like it's their idea. So I just, I just let them do it. And so by, and during my second burnout, what I learned is that like, yeah, there's like always going to be a lot of opportunities and I could also give it to other people. And so I constantly get reached out to be like hackathon speakers, judges, but I have a lot of friends who want these opportunities. So I just like introduce them together and just like give it to them instead. And that's, that's how, that's how what I've learned from my second burnout. It's just to delegate it to people who like would also find more value out of it too. Wow. I'm starting to understand just how you grew Design Buddies from you as a founding member to now over 30,000 members in less than two years because the amount of value that you're sharing and putting out right now is absolutely insane. 
And for anyone who's listening, who goes out and implements these, the strategies and the points that she's made since the beginning of this show, it can be a huge game changer. It could be a life changer for you. And just as an example, if you're going through some sort of burnout, you're, you're burnt out, she just walked you through two scenarios, two points in her life where she went through burnout, similar to what you're experiencing right now. But not only that, she also walked you through the strategies, her mindset, her mentality, and what she was able to do and how she was able, how she was thinking during that time in order to overcome those points in her life. And so that really brings me into my next point, which is the growth of Design Buddies and through the value that you provide into the community how have you been able to use strategies such as trial and error in order to foster the growth that the community has been able to experience? Yeah, for sure. It's I can't, it's like a lot um, that I do. I just experiment with like almost everything that I, I start with thinking about like, what's the problem people are facing. So I feel like when building products, it's always like if you don't address people's problems, people won't, won't use it. And so the problem that we address is that people find it really intimidating to like find other design communities online and there's also like so many design resources people get overwhelmed and so we focus a lot on community and um design education and design is like really broad and um design buddies we mostly have ux design and graphic design mostly ux product design though um and we just we, it's always like we try we basically welcome like all different types of speakers as long as their topic is remotely related to design we we accept them as well and they just look at how many people attend our events how many people post about us on social media after the event how many people like I guess the main metric we're trying to measure here um is how many people like actually get a job because of the skills they gain from design buddies, because people mostly go to design buddies to find a job. That's how we notice that we do a lot of surveying. So we look at like event attendees, we look at our testimonials and like social media mentions to see like how many people landed a job because of design buddies, um, how many people like meet mentors because of design buddies. So like community plus education, um, like those kind of metrics is what we our goal. And so we just like kind of backtrack and seeing like, how do we know that we're achieving those goals and um, try to like try out different things. So sometimes we would have like different types of events. Sometimes we would have different types of workshops, um, design challenges. So there's like a lot of different things we look at. Um, event attendees, how many people like post us on social media um, and just like how many engagement at each like specific channels. And it all funnels down to like how many people like made a new friend, how many people like landed a job. And so we would just like test out a lot of different variables and try to like funnel up those KPIs. You just continue to impress me because the fact that your main KPIs are centered and revolved around how many new friends someone can make as being a part of the community and how many job offers and job opportunities that someone could get as being a part of the community are such incredible numbers. The fact that someone can join your community for free, by the way, and build a career out of it is so crazy. And we're talking about such a young community that is already providing so much value that the main performance indicators, the main numbers that you, you present out are like, hey, 
you know, this is how many people got jobs from as a result of joining Design Buddies. That is such an amazing thing to say. And so with regards to someone, you know, taking a chance on themselves and entering the uh, creative realm, the creative space um, in order to find a career, what would you recommend for someone who may not be, uh, who, who has your background, who's currently not in a major that is centered around art or anything design related, but they have art and design interests. What should they do or what should they start off doing in order to start to make that transition? So this is only from like my experience only. And I realize hiring managers in my personal experience don't care about your grades. And I never had to send any transcripts. So if I were myself like in 2018, um, knowing for sure that I want to go into design, I would just like put the minimum viable effort to finish school just so I can get my diploma and just to apply for jobs and like not stress out about getting all A's because I noticed the difference between getting a B or an A or like a B minus versus an A, it's like 20 extra hours a week of studying. I don't put that into art. Like this is just me telling myself um, given just, I don't know, I can't, like, I don't want to say, like, all employers don't like a GPA, because I don't know, um, but based on my personal experience, GPA don't matter, and so I would stress less on that, and have more time doing side projects, joining online communities, meeting people from industry, all walks of life, gaining fresh perspectives outside of my school bubble, because in university, it felt like a huge bubble I was in, um, joining more clubs, thinking out more leadership opportunities, because in university, I didn't join too many clubs, um, so I didn't have that much leadership experience. I was just like, that's why delegation was so hard for me in the beginning. Um, but I would get more of that experience early on, like become the club lead and learn the logistics side, learn how to host events, learn how to delegate, learn how to manage people. Because um, those are skills that it's like great to learn in, in college specifically, because that's when you can like mess up and nothing bad will happen. Versus in workplace, like, yeah, something like that. So in college, sum it up, I would just like not care about it, like just like just like pass if I'm like if I'm like a hundred percent sure I'm not going to go to grad school because grad school looks at your GPA um so yeah it's just the disclaimer there like it depends on your goals and whether how much effort you should put into your GPA just for my personal experiences because it could be different um I would focus more on side projects my own projects and join clubs meet people online and also milk my student status and what that means is reach out to random people on the internet because um like who are like in industry because they once you mention you're a student they'll like most of the time they'll be more open to help you more and as a student you have access to like labs um computer labs libraries all those things so just like milk it i guess and just like make the most out of it um when you're a student so that's what i would do is like focus less on like academics and focus more on like opportunities that would help me gain more skills that I think would be useful in life. I think that's so good right there. Cause that's, I didn't even take it that far. Cause when I was in college, I was already doing minimum for my own GPA. Cause I didn't, I already knew my path was in creatives, entrepreneurial business and that space. So I really didn't focus that much on my grades, my GPA, but I didn't leverage my student status in the way that you just described, which I think can be very powerful for those who are who are still in college. And even those who are kind of 
fresh out of college, you still kind of have that status to kind of work around with and then go on LinkedIn and network uh, through that. And so the next question is actually for you, because I know you were talking about how a lot of these opportunities came from LinkedIn. How have you been able to use LinkedIn as a way to, uh, as a platform to grow your own brand and design buddies as a brand as well? Yeah, I used to think LinkedIn is such a scary place because everyone's like flexing, oh, I got this offer at Fang or Manga now. Like, look at me. I'm so cool. I am the best. <laughs> and I feel like a small potato. I was like, oh, yeah, those people, ah, I'm like behind in life, ah, scared, ah. Um, and like everyone's like so professional and using these like corporate terms. I'm just like, I'm not corporate at all. <laughs> uh, and I like so a little bit background about like my content creation experience is I've been posting my art online on deep since deviant art days like just for fun since I was like 14 um in high school and then in, in um high school when I was about like 16 15 16 I started like a tumblr blog it was like a lifestyle running blog that also went viral as well um within a few years it hit like 10 within like a year I think it hit like 10k followers like I was on Tumblr not Tumblr's dead but it was on Tumblr and Tumblr is when I really learned how to like express myself online and like create content and just like a b test stuff and just like knowing my target audiences and knowing like what kind of content they relate with but also knowing myself enough to like know what kind of content I would make so I would talk a lot about like running life post nice pictures of stuff um talk about like optimal tips for running studying so my audience was mostly like runners and like lifestyle people um so I had a lot of like I met a lot of like other runners and like people into like fitness and like lifestyle like studying and stuff like study grams study blur like that vibe um and I carried on the experience of like Instagram and then now LinkedIn and I just tried to just like find ways to just like like tell my stories but also um, my goal is to really just like help people learn from like my failures, I guess. I guess not really failures, but just like experiences. I don't I don't really see anything as a failure. I see anything as like a learning experience, but I like just like share stories because sometimes like stuff happens and um things don't work out. Sometimes I make a mistake and I like to share these experiences. So hopefully it will like become like life lessons from people. And also just like post my work. And so that's the kind of thing I do. I like just like share stories and lessons learned and then built an audience that way. Um, so I've been doing that on LinkedIn since 2020 um, because I noticed that people during the pandemic, they were like being a little bit more vulnerable on LinkedIn. I've been seeing a lot more posts. I was like, oh, okay, this is like not like that intuitive. People like open up, like people are like hella deep here. And I was like, okay, time to join them. <laughs> and then I started like bringing like kind of Tumblr content onto LinkedIn. So and these days I just been posting my art on LinkedIn and it's it's been cool like because LinkedIn right now it's like a great time to be a content creator on LinkedIn because there's like overly like large number of like lurkers compared to posters so there's a lot of people it will like sometimes like post to get like 100,000 views and stuff and because there's not a lot of people posting content so there's a lot of people lurking um so it's a great way to like get visibility and then yeah so I just keep posting my work and just like do things and tell people I guess that's how I built on my personal brand so just keep doing things and like talking about it like showing my work being loud and then people who think I'm interesting will like reach out to me and I was like oh you're interesting too so you just like have a wholesome conversation and then LinkedIn in terms of like how to get jobs specifically um 
I just like searched senior manager or like manager or like director, uh, filter by like company, filter by location, um, DM them. And what I would DM them is like, hi, I'm Grace. I'm a student studying computer science, um, working towards a career in UX design. Would love to learn how you got to where you are today and have a coffee chat with them, learn about their stories, just like become friends. And then sometimes it will lead to a job referral, like what happened at EA. And I guess instead of like now, I feel like networking is such a scary term sometimes that it feels like very transactional and not, not very human. So I call it like making friends on LinkedIn, strategically making friends, I guess. I love that. I love what you just said right there, because I think the right way to network is to create a genuine connection with someone is to become their friends. Um, and I think part of the reason why people look at networking as something so intimidating is because of that transactional aspect, because you are tip, if you're reaching out to someone, you're typically looking uh, for something from them, whether it's, you know, job referral, information, money, regardless of what it is, you're looking for something from them because they are in a more successful or further along place than you are in the aspect that you're reaching out for. And so when you think about it, you're actually building walls between the two of you because it doesn't feel good on either side. That's the other thing I want to say, because when you reach out to someone like that, when you're reaching out for a job referral, you are anticipating a rejection or basically being ghosted. And then on the flip side, you're looking at it as, oh, it's just another message in my inbox, in my email, in my DMs asking me for something that I have or that I'm good at or that I'm knowledgeable about. And so neither side feels really good. And there's a bunch of walls in between. So the chances of you succeeding in that way is possible, but not in a way that it feels good. Um, and so that's why I really stress networking in the way that Grace just talked about, which is go out, reach out, befriend them, care about what they're saying, uh, really connect with them on a friend's level. And then you break down all the barriers in between you because now you're no longer looking at it from a student to recruiter standpoint or associate to manager or associate to CEO or um, employee to, I, I don't know, whatever connection, right? You break down the barriers by creating genuine connections. And the second intimidating thing was about LinkedIn, where it's typically the platform where people post specifically career highlights, uh, getting a new job at, at Fang, you know, Facebook, now Meta, Apple, Amazon, Google, these big, big tech companies were getting a promotion. If that's all you're seeing, it's intimidating if you aren't experiencing similar things yourself. But, you know, you went on LinkedIn and you started posting about your, just your life, your lifestyle and everything that you do and sharing bits and pieces of your life. And you found success in that. And I think that what you, what you've done on LinkedIn is actually help some people who were lurking because they were intimidating from intimidated from posting you've helped them sort of start to become more confident in themselves to post because now they're seeing like, oh, wow, you know, Grace is sharing that she just, she's running or she's working on art and she's got all these new things coming up. Um, 
I think I, I can start sharing p- parts or pieces of my life too, you know? And that brings me into my next question, which is, do you see opportunities for people who haven't really used LinkedIn yet uh, to start going on and posting content and growing their platform through LinkedIn? And also, what are some strategies that you've used that you think other people would be able to implement and grow on LinkedIn as well? Yeah, I, I do. I do think so, because I post on running on LinkedIn sometimes, like, I haven't seen anyone else post about LinkedIn, I guess. So it also depends where you are in your career. And so if you are just new to the industry, what I've done is I would only really post about design because I want to get a job in design. So I want to like build a brand for myself for design. So when Harry managers looks at my LinkedIn profile, they'll see like, oh, Grace, design, want to be like going to hire her or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would also mix in some like lifestyle posts because that's how I stand out. Like a big thing about, especially design is like people have trouble standing out as a designer um, and being remembered. So I was like post my art, like, and also like sometimes my writing, sometimes just like random things like that, just like mix it up. But I would mostly post like specifically UX design. Um, so I would, Sometimes like I would also like attend conferences, post my takeaways, tag the speakers, speaker likes it, their network will see. Um, so yeah, just like post about what I'm learning, just like design stuff about my experiences, my learnings, my events, um, things like that as well. Um, and these days I'm like pretty comfortable in my career. So I, I, I'm like vibing a little bit more. So I post like a lot of just like random art stuff that have nothing to do with UX design, just like running stuff. And I've met like a lot of other people who are just like interested in running, even though our careers are quite different. I just like make friends that way too. But if I was starting out, I would like be more specific to like, I'll post content specifically to like the industry and the job I want to work for. But as I said on my job, I'm just like, yeah, I feel pretty secure right now. So I just like, I'll just post whatever I want. As long as it's not like harming anyone, as long as not like violating terms of service, like it's fine. As long as like, I know it's like creating some value, making someone happy. Um, sometimes I crack some jokes. So yeah, um, it just depends on your comfort level too. Like for me, like I'm pretty comfortable. Like I don't mind my coworkers seeing me like yeet lit and just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't mind, but something don't mind. So it just depends on the person as well. That was such great advice for anybody who's trying to get on to LinkedIn or trying to grow on the platform. But I have to give props to you because you were able to put yourself out there like this genuinely today because of the last two, three years that you've been sort of working on building your self-confidence, putting yourself out there and developing these uh, mental skills on being able to not care what other people think, being able to process negative information in the ways that you do. And so for those of you who are just getting started, like this is something to keep in mind where as you start posting your content, as you start developing these skills, you'll start to become more and more comfortable with you know sharing different aspects of your life or putting out different kinds of information. But if you want to grow and you're getting onto the platform, you know, I keep say, I say it over and over again, but listen to what she just said, because she has been walking you through, you know, strategy after strategy on how you can basically grow on different platforms, on how you can grow your brand, on how you can really go out and pursue the path that you want to pursue in life. It's super awesome. Um, you 
also talked a lot about running and and you mentioned this a little bit off you know off mic off camera but how did you go from basically not running and sitting at home being somewhat of a couch potato to now literally running marathons half marathons I don't really I don't even know how much you run it anymore um during work breaks during the work day and and how and what does running mean for you? How did you get into it? Because I know it plays such a huge part in your life. Yeah, I haven't ran to marathons yet, but almost half marathons. So yeah, so like randomly in the middle school when I was 13, my mother started paying me to go to the gym with her. And I was also, I, I used to be like one of the slowest people in PE class. And then at the gym, I was like, oh, treadmill. Oh, SpongeBob. I watch, I run. Um, <laughs> And then PE class, suddenly my mile time dropped from like 10 minutes to like 6.36. I was like, oh, wow, I'm fast. So I was like this random 13-year-old kid. And I was like, oh, I joined track. And then I like broke six minutes, ran like 5.58 in middle school, despite only running like seriously for a few months. So that's why I discovered like, oh, wow, I'm, I, I have something. <laughs> I'm like good at this <laughs> somehow. And then in high school, I joined track. Um, I was also... I had a lot of ego in me. Like I thought I was just like the best. Um, so I ran with the varsity guys in high school and I was able to improve further. And so by my junior year, I almost like broke five minutes in a mile. It was really fun. Went to nationals a couple of times. Um, it was really fun. I was full of ego though. Like I would like straight up ask you for the mile time and just like inflex my own. <laughs> Like, it also happened to me, like, in, in high school, like, the high school I went to, like, people were, like, flexing their grades. And, like, what you got on a test? What's your GPA? And, like, I wasn't, like, that good of a student. Um, and so I was, like, I have my running time. I can flex them here. <laughs> um, so I was, like, that. Um, yeah, running was life. Like, I honestly, like, it also, I also had a lot of spikes. Like, I actually got bullied a lot in middle school. And a lot of people in my middle school went to my high school. And I was, like, you know. Oh, prove these haters wrong. So, <laughs> and also like I didn't really fit in like when I was beginning. So this was like kind of the pivotal moments of my writing career. Like the varsity girls team, like in high school when I was a freshman, they were all like juniors. They were like in a clique. I didn't fit in with them. I could tell they didn't like me. I was like, that's why I ran the varsity guys as well. Um, so I became even faster <laughs> because I trained with the guys and I beat all of them because I just didn't like them and I became really faster. So it was like spite plus passion plus like realizing I was good. Went to nationals a couple of times, wanted to flex on them. I had a lot of hate. I had a lot of like anger in me as well. I just want to prove you wrong, but that also helped me like work really hard to develop like strong ethics. Um, and so now um, flash forward to today, well, actually between high school and today, like in terms of running, I was in college. I was also full of ego. I got six stress fractures in two years because I kept getting injured. I wanted to run again because I thought I was the best. And then, yeah, I ended up not running for three years, solely focusing on design, um, pivoting to my design career. And now I started running again in 2020, slowly, slowly starting up again. And these days I've been running like eight to 10 miles every other day um, during the work day, just for fun and slowly, slowly inching my way up. Um, it's really fun though. Like 
I, I started with like one mile a week and then slowly like built up from there for like course of a year or so. And then funny story is I had a lot of people who previously bullied me in middle school asking me for jobs. I just ghost them. And so it's kind of came like full circle. But yeah, that was a funny story. I love that you used your ego to drive you and like compete and build that work ethic that you have. And also I love the fact that it has now come full circle where you can just stomp on those haters. And honestly, like, I feel like if you're fueled by, by that kind of like hate, or if you're fueled by haters and by people who dislike you, which I think is a very viable way to fuel yourself and your, your drive, your, your passion, part of it, you know, I think the ultimate kind of uh, flex is to now be like, nah, I'm not getting you a job. We're like, nah, like, I'm or good. Or just them. Yeah. Or <laughs> leave just them on scene. <laughs> not in your head and then <laughs> just leave them yeah. there. That's so, I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, oh, so before we end, is there anything that you would want to leave off on as a message to all of those listening? Yeah, just live your life however you want. Like people will always have their own opinions, but it's nothing you should control, nothing you have to care about. Just be free because for a long time, I was limited by my my thought, my perceptions of how other people thought of me. And that stopped me from doing a lot of things I wanted in life. And also just like, don't compare yourself to others. Instead of like focusing on competition, focus on how you can work together to basically improve society. Instead, instead of looking at people, also like focusing on like how to one up each other, like focus on like collaboration over competition and just, just like be vibe, like vibe with people. Like, like it didn't come easy for me because as a kid, I was also always like growing up, have to be the best, have to be number one. But I realized that like, what value do I create to society if I'm always just like focusing on myself and focusing on like how I can be good? If I also like team up and like do something better and stuff. And yeah, just realizing people are like, just like most people are really nice. Most people are really wholesome and focus on those. Like it's easy as a human to focus on like the few negative people um, who might be negative for whatever reason, but at the end of the day, you don't owe them anything. So just like live your life and focus on the good um say thank you next to haters um yeah just like eat them out um and just like <laughs> I, I love- <laughs> <laughs> just yeet out all your haters I love that yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I love that message that was such a great way to close and before we end uh where can people find you what are you working on right now what's next and it, also what's next for design buddies so I know that's such a huge part of your branding as well yeah, like mo- I'm mostly on, I'm on like every single social media platform, but most active on Instagram, I have like my running slash lifestyle one and then my art one. I also have like LinkedIn, Twitter, mostly those. Um, and I also have like a website where all my other social media links are. Um, I also have Design Buddies. We have like a website, you have all the social media platforms too. Um, and yeah, what I'm working on is Design Buddies my full-time job at EA, um, running, training for marathons, half marathons, um, and yeah, working on my own art, potentially launching NFTs just for fun, trying out that space. I always love experimenting on like new tech and just like what's new and like 
why it's new and just like just like creating something new I always like to be doing something different each day um so whatever is is popping up there like you'll probably find me on there (laughs) (laughs) just like just being really really curious um and what's next for design buddies yeah we really want to grow continue being a community where like anyone in, in the world could access and learn design and make friends and just like level up in their design career like our mission is an inclusive inclusive community where all designers can level up and level up can mean making a new friend um finding a new job getting new skills so just like a resource and community help where everyone can like connect and also improve themselves in design as well and we want to also scale up uh, physically we're launching like a merch store um doing planning how we want to scale physically as well especially doing chapters um providing more resources large even larger brand deals um and yeah and also like our overall goal is to become a household name for design so we're thinking of different verticals how we can scale to accomplish that while creating value for people that would be yeah, we also have a friendly ba- mascot bunny called Fluffle. Um, our overall goal, like one of my goals is creating an anime of Fluffle and like a webcomic of Fluffle and just having like a nice story behind all of it to really strengthen our brand. So we can become the household name for design. Fluffle be the friendly bunny mascot and guardian and support character of um, our audience, our community members, like design stories. So yeah, so scaling in all directions and knowing it's just like trying everything out. That's so exciting. That's not, you have so many things happening right now, and I'm so excited to watch how you grow personally and all and design buddies and your NFT project. I'm super excited to see where they go. What should people look up to find you on Instagram, to, like all of these different spaces? Yeah, Instagram mostly my art is like candy leaf, like candy and then leaf with an underscore. Because candy leaf was taken. Um, <laughs> Other Instagram is I run Grace Pace. So like I run Grace Pace. It's like it's like a, a rhyme. Um, Twitter is Grace Leaf. Um, just Grace instead of Link, it's like Leaf with the underscore too. Um, and then LinkedIn, just my name, Grace Ling. My handle is Grace Ling because I took it first. Nice. Uh, and my website, just like grace-ling.com. And Design Buddies, just like designbuddies.community. That's our website with all of our other links on there too. Gotcha. Yeah, I just had to make sure that people knew exactly what to type in for each social media to find you and know and follow you to see what you're doing. And I want to say thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you for being on this show. And thank you guys so much for listening. This is all we have time for today. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This is fun. Blowing up, blowing up. Put the fire to the fuse. Now I'm blowing up.